Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're here listening to the Church on the Rock Leadership Podcast. My name is Heath Watts and I have the honor and privilege of serving this church as a lead pastor. Here at Church on the Rock, we are passionate about leadership growth and we are blessed with an amazing team of leaders. Each week our staff comes together and one of those leaders brings an encouraging word on biblical leadership. We believe and pray that this podcast will help you grow in your leadership journey. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, stay connected, and know when new episodes drop. Thanks for being a part of this. Now let's get started. Wow, so good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, Man, what a great team we have here at Church on the Rock. I love this leadership team, and our staff is just uh, the best uh, in the West. I'll put it like that, okay? Uh, Today I want to talk to you about a a topic that I'm very passionate about, and it's the uh, word character. I want to talk to you about character, because I believe God uh, is calling us to be men and women who possess a godly character. Um, now, we know we're not perfect people. And what I enjoy about the Bible is that the Bible gives us the accounts of people who do things right and people who do things wrong. And it helps us. It's an encouragement to us. I think one of my greatest, uh, uh, most favorite uh, personalities in the Bible is, is David, King David. And it was always um, kind of a mystery to me why, why God would refer to him as a man after his own heart when he made so many mistakes. And I don't think character is about whether you make a mistake or not. I think it's about what's going on on the inside of you. It's what's really happening deep in your heart. And that's what I want to talk about. There's a verse of scripture I want us to use kind of as a, a springboard into this message. 1 Samuel chapter 16. That's, this is the, the, the story where Samuel, the prophet of the Lord over the land of Israel, is instructed by God to go to Jesse's house and anoint a new king. Now, they already had a king. King Saul was on the throne. But, but God says, you know what? We need a new king. And so Samuel goes to Jesse's house, and he's there for the uh, purpose of anointing a new king over Israel. And verse 6 says this, So it was that when they came, that he looked at Eliab, that was Jesse's oldest son, and he said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, this is what I want to talk to you about, because you see, here in the church, and I'm going to use a whiteboard for the staff that's uh, here because they can see this example. Uh, I, I, I think there's a delicate balance. My marker's not working, but I think there's, a, there's a, this balance of life that the church sometimes gets it wrong. And the balance is between character and gifting. You see, the church is full of gifted men and women. And uh, I hate to say this, but sometimes we're more attracted 
to the gifts, then we realize that the, the, the character is what God's looking for. Okay, so let me, let, me, let me draw this where hopefully you can see it. It's kind of like this seesaw, and, and on one side we have the character, and on the other side there's the giftedness. And yet, there's nothing wrong with gifts. There's nothing wrong with talented people. But when the character's not there and, and, and the seesaw gets out of balance, things don't work the way they should work. Things will not succeed the way God wants them to succeed. And so that's what I'm going to want to talk to you about. Because certainly... Everyone would agree with me if I said that we have a very talented staff. We have great talent on this staff. Uh, Pastor Dusty and our worship team, those are some of the most talented people that, that, uh, that we can find in the city of Lubbock. Musicians, singers, talented people everywhere you look. But we want them to be more than gifted people. We want them to also have the balance of character as well. And so... I, I, I want to talk to you about character. I want you to just get this into your, your heart today. Now, if you're taking notes, the, uh, you can jot a few things down. Let me make a, uh, some uh, what I call foundational statements to help us understand character, what I mean by character. First of all, character is more than talk. <laughs> it's not what you say that reveals your character. It's how you live. Character is not talked about. It's walked out. You, you, I, I always go back to uh, athletics and, and my past as a coach and different things. There are some people that are, uh, and kids especially, they're quick to tell you how great they are. And they may even look good at practice. But you get them on the game field. You, you get them on the court. When the pressure's on, when it really counts, and that's when you find out who can really do what they say they can do. And so they, they walk it out, not just talk it out. Well, character is the same way. Anyone can talk a good game, but eventually what's going on in your heart, what's going on deep inside of you, it will come to the surface. So character is more than talk. Number two, character, I want you to understand this, character is not what a person will ideally be one day in the future. That's potential. Now, when you're young, uh, People will look at you and they'll say, oh, man, look at this young person over there. Man, they have such great potential. Yeah, you do have great potential. And you can talk about how great you're going to be one day. That's not your character. That's your potential. So it's not who you are in the future. And it's also not who you've been in the past. Now, this is, a, this is kind of a, a new concept for us to think about. You, you say, well, doesn't character, don't we look at a person's past and grade their character or evaluate their character on their past? No, no, no. It's your past, your future is your potential. Your past is your reputation. Now, I've been in ministry for over 45 years, and I've got a pretty good past. I have a pretty good reputation. But you see, that's not my character. My character who is who I am today. My character is who I am right now. My character is not revealed by my past. My character is revealed by the next major decision and choice that I make. It's not judged by what I talk about. My character is revealed by how I walk out my life. 
My character is not about who I'm going to be one day in the future. Yes, I still have potential. My character is who I am right now. Reputation is the past. I've often said it like this. Your reputation may go before you and get you a loan from the bank. They look at your job history. They look at your payment history. They look at everything. That's your reputation. Your reputation may get you the loan, but it's your character that makes that monthly payment. You see what I'm saying? Now, let me talk to you about gifts for just a minute. Let me say this about our gifts. Gifts are given to us. Now, yes, you can develop those gifts, but basically gifts are gifts. They're talents, they're abilities that God blesses us with. They're given to us. Our character is something that we have to walk out day by day. By day. We're constantly developing our character. Now, your gifts may attract people to you, but trust me, they stay because of the character they see. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Any of you know anybody in your past that you've ever had relationship with and you were attracted to them because of their giftedness or, or, or their beauty? Or, or, or I, I remember uh, there have been... Uh, I, I'm just going to say this and hopefully you'll understand. I'm not trying to be dishonoring of anyone. But I remember years ago when, when Bill Clinton was running for president and he was running that, that, that first election and running uh, against, I think, was it um, George Bush Sr.? Is that who he followed? And, and his, his charisma was amazing. It was off the charts. And, and I remember looking at my wife and, and after one of the televised debates and I said, this election is already decided. And she said, why? I said, because of that man's giftedness, because of his charisma. He will be elected because he comes across so, he, he, man, he, 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 people are attracted to him. And then later on in his presidency, some character flaws became very evident. Now, that's not only true in politics, that's true in the church. I hate it, but in the last several years, um, there have been so many stories that have come out, so many situations that have come to light of great men of God, women of God, who build great ministries for years, but in their latter years, because of a character flaw, they, they fail. They, they make a mistake. Things come to light. And all of a sudden, we begin to see that it's not about the giftedness. Yes, we need gifts in the body of Christ. Yes, we need talented, gifted people to lead the body of Christ. But that, that giftedness must be built on the foundation of a solid, godly character. Now, the word character, if you go back to the Greek word for character, it's basically translated as the word image. And the picture that is painted for us as we think about image is the picture of a coin that's been minted by the press. You know what a coin looks like? A coin has the picture or, or, or the, the, the image of a president or, or the image of the White House or whatever. And, and it's there because that image has been pressed into that piece of metal. 
You see, you can have two pieces of metal. They can be the exact same metal, the exact same size, but one is nothing more than just a slug. But the other is currency. The other has great value. The other is worth something. Why? Because an image has been etched into it, has been pressed into it. And you see, the Bible says that we are all called to grow into the image of Jesus Christ. That doesn't just happen. We're not just given that image. It's pressed into us. There are certain things that we go through in life that are doing a work deep inside of us. And an image is being pressed into our lives. You see, this morning when we came together as a staff and you showed up on time, you say, well, that wasn't a difficult thing. That was No, but when you show up on time, time after time after time after time, you know what? Your character is being pressed into you. Now, when you make the decision that, you know what? I'm going to skip this meeting. And you skip it once, it may, not, it may not affect the image. But if that becomes your lifestyle, if you begin to skip out on things that are important, you're, 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 you're developing a, a, an image, but it's not the image God's wanting. Hmm. I used to think crisis is what develops our, our character. And sometimes crisis does play a role in developing our character. But many times crisis doesn't develop character, but it reveals it. It reveals it. Hmm. Remember the story of Joseph? We love, uh, I, I love all these biblical characters that we talk about because these characters reveal their character to us. But Joseph is a young man evidently extremely gifted. Uh, he was the favorite of his father. His father gave him the coat of many colors. Uh, he had dreams from God. He knew God was going to use him in a very powerful way one day. And as he began to share that dream with his brothers, they began to hate him. And you remember what happened. They sold him into slavery. But in every situation, we see his character coming forth. Whether he's a slave in Potiphar's house, he rises to the top of the slaves, and he's given uh, oversight over all of Potiphar's affairs. Thrown into prison, falsely accused, thrown into prison, even in the prison, what happens? Character comes to the forefront, and he finds himself over all of the prisoners. But what really reveals his character is near the end of his story when his brothers show up in Egypt looking for food because of the horrible famine that they're in. And remember, they don't even recognize him at first. But finally, when he reveals who he is to his brothers, and, and, and they're fearful, he tells them, don't be afraid. Because he said, what you intended for evil, God has used it for good. You see, God was developing Joseph's character. And his character was being revealed over many, many years where God had been pressing an image into him. Now, I started by, by, by talking about David. And uh, I, I want to just put on the board a little uh, illustration to help you understand how important character really is. Um, when, when God tells Samuel to go and anoint a new king, the problem is that Saul is the current king, 
But Saul is not possessing the character that God is looking for. Now, Saul was a very gifted guy. In fact, if you go back, we don't have time to go back and read all this scripture, but let me just tell you what the Bible says. If you go back and you read the portion where Samuel first anoints Saul as king, you see, God wanted to lead Israel by prophetic voice, but Israel was clamoring after a king. They wanted their own king. In fact, the scripture reads like this. They cried out to God and said, give us a king like all of the other nations around us. We don't want to just have a prophet speak to us. We want a king like the other nations have a king. And so God gave them what they wanted. He gave them a king like the other nations had. Well, as they chose that king, it was all chosen by appearance. In fact, the scripture even says that Saul looked like a king. In fact, it goes Uh, So far as to say, he was head and shoulders above everyone. So basically what was uh, taking place here is that there was a, uh, I'm going to use a word here. There was a a, a response by the people, a response even from, from Samuel, to anoint Saul as king based on his performance. Now, like I said, we need gifted people in the body of Christ, but can I tell you, especially those of you who have public ministry, that if we're not careful, sometimes we begin to evaluate ourselves and evaluate our ministry based upon our performance capability. Are we performing well? Oh, we didn't do that song very good Sunday, Dusty. We need to work on that because, man, we need a better keyboard player because she kept messing up. She can't seem to get the timing down. It's all about performance. How does it look? How, does it, how are we coming across from the stage? Well, we need to work on those lights a little bit because the performance, it, it all became a performance. But God, God made the decision to reject Saul's performance. Listen to me. If you're trying to get through life or if you're trying to trying to get through your ministry based on performance, ultimately God will reject it. Now, yes, we need gifted people. I love our worship team. I love how, man, we've got some phenomenal vocalists. We have some phenomenal uh, uh, musicians. I love that. I, I've been in churches where they let anyone on the worship team. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And sometimes it's not good. God is not glorified. And, I, and all I know, we're... we're we say, oh, well, the Bible says make a joyful noise. Some of, the, some of that, they, th- they may think it's, a joy, it's not causing joy to rise up in my heart. I'll never forget, I, I was at a little bitty church one time, long, long ago, and, and long ago, small church. I'm, we're talking about less than 20 people. I was the guest speaker. And the, the, the worship leader, he little, I, it went like this. He said, I wrote a song today. Lord gave me this song. And I'm trying to... Uh, uh, Lord, you're the, you're the, 
Lord, you're the milk on my cereal. Lord, you're the butter on my toast. Lord, you are truly the greatest. You are the most of the most. I mean, it went, went kind of like that. And I was like, and they were all like, praise God. And I was like, no. <laughs> but if we ever fall into the trap of thinking it's all about performance, God rejects that. Isn't it amazing that sometimes God can reject something and walk away from it, but the people still continue to worship it? This isn't in my notes, but let me just mention this. Go, and go back and study. It's kind of interesting. David was a man after God's own heart. There was something in David. It was more than performance. There was something about character that was coming through. David wanted to please. And I believe David stepped out of his timeline when every other person could not come into the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, it was kept behind a curtain in the Holy of Holies and only the high priest could go in once a year. You remember the tabernacle of Moses once a year? And then David comes on the scene and all of a sudden the Ark of the Covenant is right there and they were worshiping in the presence of God 24-7. And man, things, David stepped out of his timeline and brought Israel with him to experience the presence of God. You know what's amazing? David built a tabernacle where God's presence was right there in their midst, but less than three miles away, Moses' tabernacle was still erected. Do you know that some people walk past David's tabernacle to go back to Moses' tabernacle and worship their old tradition? without the presence of God even being there? Why? Because it was all about the performance. God will always reject the performance. Now, when the rejection came to Saul, here, here's where it really begins to take a downward turn. Uh, Saul develops... I get up here and write on the board and I can't... Is that spelled right? Independence? No. <laughs> I think I just wrote a bad word. I don't know. <laughs> Saul develops a spirit of independence. Now, here's the deal. Either we can have the presence of God in our life and flow in the spirit of the Lord, or if we're going to maintain the, 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 the right performance, we're going to have to become independent from God. We're going to have to just say, you know what? God's not going to show up, so I'm going to, have to trust my gifts and my talents to the point that everyone will be pleased with the performance. Wow. And then when it gets really desperate, he uh, falls into the next step is what I call deception. I wish we had time to go back and read all this scripture. There's one little episode in, in, in King Saul's life where he's waiting for Samuel to show up so they can offer a sacrifice to God and Samuel's not coming in a timely fashion and so Saul takes it upon himself in his independent spirit. Let me just 
offer the sacrifice to the Lord. And you remember when, 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 when Saul shows up, he says, what's going on here? Why did you do this? And he said, well, because you were late and the performance had to go on. The show must go on. And Samuel speaking prophetically says, God's rejecting you, Saul. And so there's no voice of God to speak to Saul any longer. So you know what happens when you get desperate, when you're in leadership and you're, 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 you're needing to pull off a good performance but God's not with you? You step into deception. Saul finds this witch, the witch at Endor. Go back and read it. Maybe you haven't read this story in a long time. He goes to a witch and says, man, what should I do? Wow. You say, well, surely that would never happen in the church. Trust me, if you're not hearing the voice of God, I don't care who you're listening to, they're a witch. If it's not God, it's a witch. Huh? And he gets a word and... And he falls right back into the old scheme of performing, and everyone's inter entertained. Entertainment. I, 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 if you want to put another word there, uh, a word to go along with it, a, a people pleaser. As long as we please the people, as long as the people are happy, as long as the people think, oh, he's our king. God forbid that pastors fall into that category. As long as I preach what the people want to hear. You, and I'm going to fill in the gap here. You got to go back and study this. Saul, God, God tells Saul, hey, I want you to take, take care of the Amalekites. Wipe them all out. Get rid of everything. Destroy everything. And so they go to battle and they win this battle. And Saul says, wait a minute, don't, don't kill the king because he's like my trophy. And the people say, well, let's don't destroy all the sheep and the animals and the, and, the, and the goods and the spoils. Let's keep all the stuff. And so they come back from their, their victorious battle against the Malachites. And Samuel knows what God has told Saul to do, to wipe it all out. And this is that, at least it's a, a phrase that rings in my mind as I look back on this story. Samuel shows up and he asks Saul, what, what means the bleating of the sheep? What he's saying is, why am I hearing the sound of sheep? Why do we have this whole herd of sheep? What's going on? What's, and, 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 and Saul says this, I've done everything God told me to do. He says, no, 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 you haven't. Why did you keep the spoil? Why did you keep all the animals? And Saul immediately says, because of the people. It's what the people wanted. It's what the people wanted. Do you see it there? Huh. Well, here we have David. David's a totally different story. Now, David's not a perfect guy. He, he messes up big time, right? But David, his whole deal, his whole leadership starts out in the fields of taking care of his father's sheep where he's having fellowship with his heavenly father. He's 
being something very special in his private moments. It's not about his performance. It's about his private fellowship with, with his heavenly father. And that's why God chose him. That's why when God spoke to Sammy, he said, don't look at his outer appearance, but I'm looking at his heart. And so he, he, he has this fellowship with God and it leads to this anointing that he receives in his life. And can I just stop right here and, and just put in a plug for the anointing? We need the anointing. Can I go back and say, yes, we need talented, gifted people, but listen to me, you can have the most talented, gifted singers, but if the anointing of God is not on their life, then they're not what they need to be. We must have the anointing. I know a lot of great speakers, but without the anointing, they're not, they're, they're not godly preachers. Amen? Do you hear what I'm saying? That's just the way it goes. They can be the most polished speaker anywhere with the most charisma and, 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 and they have all the right phrases down. They know how to use their voice to pull people in. Uh, but man, the anointing is what makes the difference. Okay? So here's David. He's had fellowship with the Lord. He, he, he's walking in the anointing. Um, and I'm trying to write a word here. L- let me... And he's an initiator. You say, what do you mean an initiator? He's a guy who initiates his relationship with God. He initiates worship. Look at what he did. I mentioned the tabernacle of David just a few. He wants the presence of God so bad that he even tries to bring in the Ark of the Covenant with, with the cart. You remember that story? It's, we say, man, what a failure David was. He, he tried to move the ark in the, in, in the wrong way and got a guy killed. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, he, it was a mistake, but he made a mistake. Why? Because he was initiating. He was trying to get more of the presence of God. He wanted it. He longed for it. He wasn't becoming independent. He was initiating with God. I, I, I'm an initiator. I, I man whether it's through prayer or, or through your expressions or your leadership, man, we need to initiate the presence of God into our lives. <laughs> and look at this. He had a thankful heart. When he initiated with God and God responded, David was always so thankful. He was always so grateful. Just read the Psalms. Look, look at his heart. Man, he was thankful to God. He loved God. He was thankful to the Father. He loved him so much. And then the, the final thing I want to put down here, what the difference between David and Saul. Samuel's the prophet who confronts Saul. Why, why do we have all these sheep? Well, because the people want them. I've done everything God told me to do. Talk about a dishonest heart. Samuel's no longer alive, but there's a new prophet. His name's Nathan. When Nathan confronts David, you're the man. You're the man who stole another man's wife. You're the man who committed adultery. You're the man who had someone murdered on the battlefield. You're the one. 
David didn't say, oh, I've done everything God told me to. No, David's, David had a heart of honesty. And he said, no, you're right. I've sinned against the Lord. I must repent. <laughs> so look at this. Now I know on this podcast you can't see my board. But Saul's leadership of performance, rejection, independence, deception, and entertainment. You, you circle the first letters there. There's, there's an acrostic, I think is what you got. But the word pride comes out. With David, fellowship, anointing, initiator, thankful, and honor, the word faith comes out. Character. What is your character built upon? Is it pride? Or is it faith? I used to read this scripture and, and, and I thought one day I'll be old enough that it will really mean something to me. And I think I've reached that point. And it's the scripture where David says, I've been young. And I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've led out of pride. I've led out of faith. Faith is better. I've learned how to perform. I know how to entertain. But the anointing. It's what makes the difference. Amen. Amen. I pray over you today that the Spirit of God develop your character. That you all build a godly character of faith. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening to our leadership podcast. If this podcast inspires you and helps you grow as a leader, help us and others out by liking, sharing, and subscribing to show your support and never miss an episode. Until next time, thank you for letting us be a part of your leadership journey.